Grace, mercy, and peace be upon you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning there are two accounts of only begotten sons of widows who are raised to life. Now in the first one, the widow of Zarephath, she brings to mind what we sang in the hymn just now when she says to Elijah, you've come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. Not that Elijah caused his death, of course, but that his death was a big reminder of his sin, obviously, but more her sin. Not because she sinned that did he die, but because sin gave birth to sin. And his death, because he inherited sin from his mother, yes, indeed. In the last several months, about the last ten months, we've had an inordinate amount of our brothers and sisters here at St. Paul be called to glory. And as we sing, and as we witness, and as this woman says, we have been confronted with death again and again. And it reminds us of our own mortality, the fragility of life. Do you believe in the resurrection of the dead? Proclaim what you believe and live as such. In the account of the woman at Zarephath, the resurrection of that son fulfilled prophecy about the Messiah to come. Because in Christ, in the second of the two accounts of soul-begotten sons of widows, did the second one raise from the dead by also the fulfillment of the prophecy. For it was prophesied about the Messiah to not only heal those who are lame, bring sight to blind and hearing to those who are deaf, but to bring life to those who are dead. Very interesting indeed. There's two great crowds that come together in that city of Nain. The text says there's a great crowd following Jesus toward Nain along with his disciples. The second, which is called a considerable crowd according to the text, is coming from Nain with the body of the only begotten son of that widow, carried upon the shoulders. These two great crowds come together to witness this great miracle of resurrection before their very eyes. Now, there's some interesting aspects of this miracle. First, this woman, we think, does not have faith in Christ. She doesn't ask of Christ anything. She's just taking her only begotten son out to the graveyard to be buried. And when these two crowds come together, Jesus stops the procession of which everybody's attention must have been thinking, what now? What are you doing? Who are you? But Jesus' reputation was in and around all of that region because of other miracles he had already performed in that region. The one previously mentioned before this text is the healing of the centurion's servant. 
by saying a word. And by the faith in that word did that centurion go home and find his servant alive. Here another word is spoken. As he stops the beer and all that's going along with that dead man's um, family members and town, townsfolk, he sees this woman and her son, the only begotten son of a widow, and his compassion pours from his bowels, literally. Undeserved mercy is evoked by this situation to the Lord of life. Now, Jesus talks about this compassion later in two distinct parables in Luke's accounts. One of them being the parable of the prodigal son, the compassion of the father toward the prodigal son. That's compassion. One who has been spurned, one who has been hurt, and still loves and forgives. That's the kind of compassion Christ had upon this woman and her situation upon us all, for that matter. The other account of such compassion is when the Samaritan comes upon the man half-dead, beaten to a pulp, and picks him up and puts him on his donkey and takes him to a town, pays the innkeeper money to take care of him, and will come back and pay the, benefit or the balance of that bill when he returns. Undeserved mercy. So Jesus had compassion on this woman. Do you believe in the resurrection of the dead? Then proclaim what you believe and live as such. Because here in this text does God raise the dead with words. Be raised up, he says, and the boy sits up in that coffin. Can you imagine if you were bearing that coffin on your shoulders and it now which was lifeless moves with life. That which was dead and stiff and still and cold now brings warmth and movement and sound. This is a miracle indeed and a fulfillment of Scripture. Earlier when Jesus began his ministry, he did proclaim himself to all who were listening in the synagogue as he read the text from Isaiah, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release for the prisoners. He sits down amongst all his peers in that synagogue and gently says, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. When those two crowds came together, was scripture fulfilled again in the resurrection of this young man by word spoken from the Lord of life, life incarnate himself, Jesus. Sadly, we don't know if faith ever came to that woman or to those townsfolk for that matter, to this son that was raised from the dead. Scripture doesn't tell us that. Scripture is very clear about all the crowds that followed Jesus, 
Not all of them. In fact, most of them did not believe, even though they witnessed it with, with their very eyes. Even though they saw it and heard it, and as those who carried that casket felt it move in their arms and hands, they necessarily believed. For Christ's proclamation came in this world of darkness, as was said, as was said to the widow of the only begotten Son, when he was but an infant, that this one would cause the rising and fall of many and would cause the revealing of one's heart to be laid bare. Do you believe in the resurrection of the dead? You were baptized into the fruits of Christ's death and resurrection there. You are life. You are not death. And though death does remind us of what we do not have the power over and what haunts us and walks with us at each step, you are life. You've been brought out of death into life. You feast upon the very fruits of life in the death and resurrection here offered to you where you eat and drink the fruits of your salvation, the fruits of life. And by believing, you are life and you have life. Because life has made you arise. As it did to this woman's son, so it did to you. Be raised up. And you are. I cannot imagine what it must be like to be a father or a mother of a child who dies. I know my brother does. He experienced that when my niece was but six years old, and I can see that it takes a horrible toll and cost upon a mother's heart and upon a father's heart. But you and I also know the great gift of faith that God gives and the great strength that does not come from within us, but it comes from outside of us and is proclaimed to us and God's Holy Spirit causes faith to cling to such a promise in the midst, like the widow at Zarephath, of death. And like the widow at Nain, of death. When the only begotten Son of the widow, our Lord Jesus Christ, hung upon the accursed tree, did He speak words to His mother. And just as Jesus gave the women, the widow of Nain, her son back, the text says, so did our Lord give Mary another son in the Apostle John. Do you believe in the resurrection of the dead? Proclaim what you believe and live as you believe it to be true. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds on Christ Jesus.
to life everlasting. Amen.